0: Ready?
1: Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 17-3. I'm your host, Rob Nichols. And I'm Pranil. Every week, we hang out and listen to great video game music of all all podcasts. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. We do that sometimes. Okay, I was like, I was not even a minute. I didn't even get a minute into the show. (laughs) Um, we listen to uh, video, great video game music from all consoles and all generations. All timelines and honestly, maybe more. We haven't figured that out yet. We're working
2: on other avenues, other venues of music I wish to listen to. Hmm. Perhaps, you
1: know, element music of the elements. Well, we, we will be guesting on another podcast in which the um, it's music... Music of all tea time. Music of all tea time, which I'm really excited about. Tea drinking music. We can say it now. (laughs) Yes, that is true because at that time, we'll have pretty much been, we'll be about to record it. But I'm looking forward to that. That should be really fun. Um, Before we get started at the top, I want to say thank you to everyone who subscribed to our YouTube. Um, We just hit like over 500 subscribers and it's still climbing. And the only thing that's going on there is our live. 24 um, 7 music stream of uh, video game music. But that is going to change real soon. Wait, are you we turn it some off. Like... No! <laughs> we got ideas, man. We're big thinkers, big big dreamers. dreamers, even. Oh, radical dreamers. Okay, so more stuff. But anyway, I'm putting up all of our um, old mixtapes from, from classic. Rhythm in. Pixels episodes onto the YouTube page. So if you just want to listen to just the music of the older episodes,
2: not do it? that?
1: So if you haven't subscribed, go check it out. Hit the button. It, it would help us out a whole lot. Um If not, don't worry about it. You can listen to the show. It's all good. And fun. And fun. Um, probably what have you been playing?
2: Honestly, I'm a little bit all over the place. So I was reviewing a game called Death and Request, and the game itself actually came out last week. But I'm still playing it. Though it's funny because... uh I like the game, and yet at the same time, there's like some weird, like Idea Factory esque
1: faults to it that drive me bonkers. You say Idea know. Factory? What does, that, what does that mean?
2: Oh, that's the developer of the game. Okay. It's always like Compile Heart and Idea Factory for most of these like Japanese RPGs that are coming out over here lately from like NIS, Nipponichi Software. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this going on? But like the premise of the game is really cool, though. it's basically like another variant on like the Sword Art Online idea. You know, character gets trapped in video game. Oh, okay. But what I like is that. The game itself was written by the writer of Corpse Party, which is an interesting facet of itself. Mm. So there's like two elements to the game. There's the one element where the character's is trapped in the game and the way they're trying to solve the riddle, get her out, is by beating the game with the true ending, quote unquote, which is ridiculously meta. Which unlocks the in- ending engage, which gets her to escape. But then the side plot is that the programmer on the outside is entrenched in this weird conspiracy between like Apple, but they call them Agle, <laughs> and uh, a various a large number of various like game companies and like tech corporations, including like they brought like the Siri, whatever that world's version of Siri is. Okay, yeah. And it's like it's listening to you. And, stuff. and It's actually surprisingly good with a lot of like weird twist endings to it. And I'm enjoying it, but there's like small elements that are driving me nuts. But anyway, I've been playing that. Um, I'm looking at trying to get in the state of decay again, mm-hmm. and I started playing, which is kind of leading to this episode. As I started trying to get in the Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts, because um, that's like one of the main ones that I actually haven't played through, but intend to play through. Okay, so there's some got, I don't care. So about. So you've got
1: that, and you're like getting ready to dive yeah. into it. That's right. You're playing literally. Any- da. Have you been playing any um, of that new Tetris game? I tried Tetris 99.
3: Yeah,
2: I played three matches of it. The second match, I got fourth place, and like aside from that, ended up with That's like respectable somewhere man. between the fifties. And then the third match, I got ninth.
1: I gotta, I gotta borrow your switch and give it a shot. I really want to try it. It's fun. Yeah. It's
2: just, I do have the only thing about it is that this is gonna sound weird, but one there's two problems I have with it. One. That it takes to if you've been if you're a high level Tetris player, mm. which means you're used to playing it at fast speeds, you want to get the aggression going immediately. But the game ramps up slowly. It starts out being like a uh, simple town, level zero Tetris play, and if you manage to survive the first wave of losses down to like maybe forty people or so, it speeds up a bit more. And then at the top ten, the final
1: ten. It's when the real game starts Oh okay That's the one It's really moving
2: Yeah but okay. unfortunately You have to fight To the top 10 To get to the cool part Of the game <laughs> You're just itching To get to the speed play Oh man And then the other element Is not really the game's fault But after I started playing that My brain immediately said I want other games like this Yes I want Magical Drop 99 I want Baku Baku Ninety nine, Devil Dice, Ninety nine. Yeah. Just think of the puzzle bubble, puzzle, pu- puzzle bubble, Ninety nine. That'd be fun. P- was it? Was it? Puyo Puyo Ninety nine. The the, the the options are limits. Mm. I even mentioned that on the on my u on my Twitter. I was
1: like, Wario's Woods, Ninety nine. <laughs> I'd play any of them. Well, now I just want to play Tetris. Anyway, um, <laughs> the the topic for today's show is Kingdom Hearts. With um, Kingdom Hearts three is out on PlayStation four, and here to talk to us. And hang out and listen to some great music We have uh, Jamal Ephraim From Key J Music Hi Jamal Hey how's it going? Glad to be here Glad to have you here, man. Sorry for such a, a long intro to, to have you sit through, but I'm always curious about what Purnell's playing. Well, uh, I believe, yeah. Are I, you
4: from- I'm, I'm super interested in what Purnell's Par- <laughs> uh, playing. Oh, by the way, Puzzle Fighter '99, man. Okay, oh, <laughs> oh, how did I forget that? <laughs> Shame. <laughs> now
1: there's a um, there, there's an old MMO, like a really like old like. Browser one called Puzzle Pirates yes. that we talked in the past, where oh. where when you're you're on a ship and like another ship attacks you, but there could be like 20 people on each ship, and it, it's essentially the the game is Puzzle Fighter, but it works like Puzzle or Tetris 99, where like like you can target certain people as you're playing. So I think that's the closest we're ever going to get to that. But um, what else? are Not you- Not with that attitude, yeah. <laughs> or maybe with that <laughs> attitude. Anyway. I think it's still around. We talked about it. I think it might still be on Steam, but it's something completely different now. I don't know if it's like some kind of weird adult game. But for now, uh, what are you playing, Jamal?
4: Uh, right now, uh, Apex Legend actually has my attention right now. Um, really? I'm having a lot of fun. I mean it's it's actually the first uh, Battle royale type game that I've actually really, really got myself really into. like I, I did sample Fortnite a little bit and it's like, yeah, I, I liked it for a little bit for what it was, but Apex Legend, it feels I don't know, just something about it just really draws me to it like uh, I, I like the gameplay, it feels very smooth, it looks beautiful it's free Uh, yes so um and I've, i've been having a lot of fun i mean i'm 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 terrible at it but uh i'm progressively getting better but you know it's it's a lot of fun um other than other than that you know uh i got kingdom hearts 3 definitely right um how about uh can you tell us a little bit about key j music about what
1: you do and and how you got started
4: oh sure uh so uh key j music or myself uh I've actually been um, in the music field for about about 12, 13 years. I've done a lot of local Florida acts um, in multiple genres between gospel, hip-hop, R&B. And I've sort of like branched out myself into other genres like EDM and uh, video game music and everything like that. And uh, back in the day, I've casually done like a couple of video game covers here and there. Um, and it just sort of just grew on me like I, I've, I've grown up with video game music all my life pretty much and it's like okay maybe I'll, I'll try a couple covers or two submit them to OC Remix or something like that mm. um, try my hand and uh, it just it naturally grew on me and um, it just in the product of just the creative process was just making me better and just you know being interesting you know And there's something I've, I've always I always like to ask our um, our musical guests is like like what games
1: or what game soundtracks like really kind of inspired you or kind of gave you that spark to first start like like, oh, I want to cover this or I want to rearrange this. Like, was, can you think of any games off the top of your head?
4: Most definitely anything, anything Sega-related. Sonic the Hedgehog, most definitely. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Good and um, yeah. and uh, Sonic Adventure definitely was a big spark with that, like this, the soundtrack. And even Sonic Adventure, too, like uh, when they went more multi-genre instead of more of the uh, the butt, um, butt rock or anything else. And they went, like, you know, hip-hop. They went a little bit of rock. They went a little bit of uh, uh, jazzy with, uh, with, um, with uh, Rouge's themes and everything like that. So it was like yeah, um, but anything Sega like produces, like even with the Fantasy Star Online soundtrack or the Fantasy Star Online Two soundtrack, like I have absolutely, I have the Fantasy Star Online um, Two soundtrack on loop. They had they did like a thirty minute score for like the battle, the uh, the battle sequences, mm-hmm. and. I I, I I didn't believe I would listen to a whole 30-minute score, but it's like, yo, they, they it is so good, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if it loops well, or heaven forbid, not even have to loop, but like you said, it's 30 straight minutes of solid music, yeah, and it's yeah. designed to be played in the background anyway, it's a perfect fit. I mean, 30 minutes yeah. of battle in the kitchen, I'll throw some music <laughs> on what's not to like.
4: like Doing battle in the kitchen, I love it making that and soup and you know like how like with uh, like with game sound design how they have they, they do specific section and then they have like a tool like wise or f mod and, and take over a specific scene so it's evolving music over time and they, you know they put in uh, specific themes for like say mini bosses or, or whatever what that because like
3: mm-hmm.
4: later part in the game you get like uh, specific bosses and stuff like that that come into this huge battle royale and you get like nuances of their theme played out th- in, within this score Is like yo that's a nice touch <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I love when that happens too. It's like it kind of gives you that sense of like it all kind of blends together in its own way, but it also stands out just enough that you know what you're getting into.
1: So it's yes. cool that you mentioned that. So you got you were in like in uh, gospel and hip hop and a bunch of the other like genres that you've worked on, and that that's really interesting because the music that we played here is the music that we've listened to. Like you can hear multiple influences of um, different genres and different instrumentation. Um, do you have a do you have a specific favorite, or do you just love like blending everything?
4: Um, I think I like blending as much as possible. Like uh, I remember you guys, you you guys played uh um one of my big ones, uh, should I stay? Yeah, that's uh, uh, and it, it was definitely one of my longest tracks. But it was like, you know what, the creative juices are flowing. I'm having fun. Um, I have a whole lot of people on this that actually want to contribute. It's like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's let's go to multiple genres, but let's keep the hook in like the rock genre, and then we offshoot in the verses of different genres. It played out pretty well. It went long, but it played out pretty well. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do like sampling with different styles. I mean, I, I think that attributes to, you know, my, my parents' background and everything like that because they used to have a lot of bands and... Um growing up i had experience with like opera singers and you know other classical musicians oh, wow, and yeah. that was kind of just influenced influence some of you over time i helped um me being uh one of the uh the only musicians with perfect pitch in the family that i would help out with some of the uh their arrangements and everything like that for their band uh some of the production work and you know just some of the things that they were doing kind of just blended within me as well
1: very very cool um and then we get into kingdom hearts which is like <laughs> it's got it's got everything. It's got classical, right? It's got yes. It's got rock. It runs the gamut. It's got everything, and and most of it, if not all of it, is done by Yoko Shimomura. So in some respects, this is almost doubles as a Yoko component. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> but, but clearly, clearly, she's taken her influences from across the board too. I mean, from her, from her beginnings way back when working on Street Fighter 2 all the way up until now. Like I she's found that out. Done tons of stuff.
4: I found that out today. I was not. I, I didn't. Even, I didn't even know that that she was also this um, uh, some work in Street Fighter and in Capcom. It's like wow. Yeah. So, Jeez, so she's been, uh, I think
1: Kingdom Hearts is what honestly put her on the map for a lot of I people. I think. I think so. But yeah. But even though like everyone knows like the Street Fighter two like music like it's definitely like her name is on Kingdom Hearts. Well, it hers and Otada Hukaru. but. Uh, the um, but there's a great series on. It's called like the Red Bull like music program or something.
2: Seems like an odd combination, yeah. of companionship. There. Well,
1: they they promote. I know they promote um um a lot of like musicians and concerts and stuff. But there's a whole series web series they did called Digging in the Carts, where they interview video game composers and they talk to Yoko Shimomura specifically about working on Street Fighter and and Capcom. Like, they they, they 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 let her fly all over the country to get influences from all the different places where she composed the music to. She went to Brazil, she went to, the, you know, USSR, wow. she went to America. Like, that's incredible. Well, that thank you for amazing. sending her to Thailand, because, oh man, <laughs> that's easily my favorite <laughs> theme in that whole game of Street Fighter II based. Oh, Thailand's amazing. I love that. I love that theme. All right, so let's start listening to some music. Let's talk about, you know, talk about the tracks, talk about whatever, and we'll get into it. So... Um, I asked uh, Jamal to bring a few tracks with him, and um, if you can remember which ones you sent over to me, which one would you like to start with?
4: Uh, We can start off with the uh, the very classic one that that everyone knows, um, uh, "Dearly Beloved" from Kingdom Hearts, but the Kingdom Hearts Three version. Yes,
1: this is this is different. So it's definitely "Dearly Beloved." But when I first started listening to this this morning, it was just goosebumps like straight goosebumps so this is uh, Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts 3 for the Playstation 4 composed by Yoko Shimomura This was Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts 3 composed by Yoko Shimomura. What a way. What a way to start the show. Dearly uh, Beloved.
2: We are gathered here
1: today to <laughs> whack out with Keyblade. I always thought that was a really interesting <laughs> title like for the for the for the beginning of the Kingdom Hearts series because this was in Kingdom Hearts 1. Like this was that that kind of piano progression um, was the opening. Uh, so obviously thought that was really cool to call it Dearly Beloved, but also it's just Something about it, it's like sentimental, right? It kind of hits you. Yeah, it feels good. Like, I will
3: say
2: that when Jamal named the track, I didn't recognize it by name at all. In fact, I would say a lot of the tracks in the series, I don't know them by their name. I know oh, really? them by their really? experience in the game. Mm. But the moment it kicked in, it all came rolling back to me. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those tracks that is just synonymous with the title. When you hear it, you
1: know it and it kind of takes you into that game as a whole. Yeah, it pulls you in. It's like it's like be prepared for this fantasy world that's going to it's going to pull you in. Um, prepare for the magic, prepare for the experience. Prepare it, for the confusion. <laughs> <laughs>
3: pretty,
1: pretty much. And I like that um uh, the original is, is all is all just is just piano.
4: Yeah, and, like, you, you can see a progression, a progression in her style and, and her execution of the same exact theme from Kingdom Hearts 1 to 2 to um, some of the uh, uh, recollections in, the, uh, in between games and up to 3. Like, 1 was a lot faster. 2, she slowed down and added some more additional instrumentation, like with, like, cellos and mm-hmm. like a couple of violins because, you know, bigger game now. And then you get this thing. I mean, it, it doesn't even start in the same key. It starts in C, It starts in the major key, C major, and then it, it then it starts progressing in like in crescendos and like it swells. It's like, yo, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like I'm, t- I'm telling you, the first time
1: I heard it, it was just goosebumps, like all up down my neck. I was like, oh my god. Um, it's it's just it just really really hits you. Now I've heard like even like remixes of this track. I hear and it's like might be completely like all these crazy different like heavy synths and heavy beats and it still makes you feel those those feelings it makes you feel hesitant to press start i want to press start, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> God, press start. Press start. i
4: can't press start but it's so beautiful yeah. i can't i want to press start but it's so, <laughs> yeah, that, this
1: just so good um all right so kingdom hearts is a game that is SquareSoft, cross disney mm-hmm. and somehow it all works but it works because it's really just a beat-em-up it's like a smash a game
2: yeah yeah like i would say (laughs) kingdom hearts i mean this is just my personal take on it kingdom hearts started out as this amazing massive project this crazy story between you know a meddling between a med a melding of tetsuya nomura's characters the final fantasy universe done in tetsuya nomura's style right
1: and in the disney universe Honestly retaining their Disney look Like no. they weren't warped at all Well that's something we should talk about Tatsuya Nomura is the artist and the, the director of the, World's End, the World Ends With You mm-hmm. For the Nintendo DS Which has a really um, Really specific art style of Like Zippers li- Zippers and, <laughs> and chains <laughs> and locks But then so Oh man it's crazy that like they, they mix the two So it's still just like It's still just Donald Duck but now it's Donald Duck with his hat with a zipper on it. You know, it's like, it's it's still so iconic Disney, but, with, but with a little thing on it. Um, I, I do love that.
2: It was like, they take this this combination, mm. and in the first game, I mean, no one knew what to expect. In fact, if I remember correctly, when they announced the project, people were kind of
1: mocking it. Oh, yeah. No, like, I was too. the
2: stupidest idea ever. Who the heck <laughs> wants to see Mickey Mouse in a video game but square? <laughs> you know? And then the game came out and of course it's so like gangbusters because everyone wants to see oh. what Mickey Mouse is gonna do in a game by
4: Square. Right. And then he never shows up. No, I, <laughs> I, I I've got feelings for the first one, but no, what are you saying, Jamal? I'll admit, like when uh, I first heard about it, I was I was actually on the fence as well. Um until I actually start, started seeing the commercials and, you know, me also being a big Final Fantasy VII fan when you saw that one shot of Cloud just turning back and saying, yo, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah.
2: This is this needs to
4: be played today. Oh, man. Damn. And then also falling yeah. in love with Utada Karu's, like music, also the, um, um, uh, the- Simple and Clean, I yeah. also in the commercials. Like, okay, yeah. That's I, what did so it. I'm, that something is, is something about this game is special. I
1: gotta try this thing. When um when I first heard about this game, it was like God, this we just looked at this up. It was 2002. Oh my gosh, so like 16. Oh, I'm sorry. Um uh yeah, 17 years ago. Numeric years ago. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> we, we. I remember seeing this thing and seeing it on TV and being like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm gonna be doing this. And then I would see like the, the standees and cutouts at GameStop or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna do this. But then I heard Simple and Clean. And I had to play the game. Like, that's what brought me in, was simple and clean. I just had to do it. I think I'm the only one that was just like, I wanna
2: see what the heck's going on with this nonsense. <laughs> well, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of money. I was like basically paying off a massive load of college debt and credit card debt, no matter. So I'm like working some crappy jobs to pay down the debt. And my brother asked, he bought this for me for my birthday. Hmm. And it was like, oh crap, I can play this guy. Thank you so much. And I put it in, I'm hopping around, I'm smacking dudes. And the gameplay, which I think to this day holds up so very well. People can yes. say whatever they want about the plot or whatever, but the gameplay and We should is, talk
1: about the plot later. <laughs> oh, to well, we have to talk have about, about plot. Figure it out. plot. <laughs> well, I'm not saying we're going to solve it tonight, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it. <laughs> <The fucking laughs> At this point, we will be... We- We'll be opening Pandora's box to the no, plot. No, right. Kingdom
2: Hearts,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is also Kingdom Hearts related. <laughs> opening, the, opening the box. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, like, it's just, it's just. So but that's really nice. It's just like a nice,
1: like a memory of your of your brother. You know.
2: Yeah, we fought it. a lot, and we were like, we we were so different, yet we had we were alike in just the right ways. Yeah. And that, like, when something like this comes, like my brother, could really wants this game, I'll take. Let me get this brain in the nice. house. And boy, I was whacking those key monsters, <laughs> tearing
1: them up. Uh, all right, so we are on to your first track.
2: I'm glad now because that means I can lead, I can lean into the track and we can talk more about the game. Right. Cool. Um, so the first track I picked to me is synonymous with the feeling and flow of how Kingdom Hearts battles go, mm. and that track is called "To Our Surprise." from Kingdom Hearts 1 composed by that lady the lady Yoko Shimomura let's go back you're listening to to our surprise from kingdom hearts one composed by yokoshima Moore this track plays for the wonderland zone of mm. the game and it to me like i said earlier it is pretty much the epitome sound wise of what kingdom hearts battles are just yeah bouncy lively <laughs> chaotic fun uh a lot of mashing of the X button and hoping <laughs> that leaf shield kicks in when everybody's right. knocking around in proud mode.
4: But like, and it, or, and or Donald heals. <laughs> yeah, <Rack>! like, Donald, <laughs> Donald,
1: why have you not healed? That was like my, me yelling at the screen for yeah. It's like Thundaga! But I love it. Once once that um once that that symbol comes in, that crash with that boom boom, the big bass drum. I'm like, yeah, yes, this, I love it. It's very Disney, but at the same time, like. It makes sense because Yoko Shimomura's work on, uh, this sounds very similar to Super Mario RPG. Yes, that's a good the, catch. So it's a Super Nintendo, but it's very much in that kind of orchestrated, kind of fun, lively kind of sound. It all kind of fits. Uh, it's very, very cool. Do you have any uh, fond, uh, nostalgic memories of, of the battles in Kingdom Hearts 1?
4: Oh, yes. Uh, Wonderland definitely was um, definitely one of my favorite uh, st- uh, stages to actually be in. Also, the, the, uh, the general world theme of Wonderland, too, is also one of my favorites really as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but almost any time, especially in Kingdom Hearts 1, where you go to Traverse Town and you hear Hand in Hand, just that, that whole run, just going through that, that, uh, those alleyways and everything like that, just to uh, you know, do a little bit of grinding, but at the same time, it's like, yo, this, this song is really, really fun. Um, and it just feels so rewarding actually, To actually take down all those enemies th- During that entire run yes. it's Just a lot of fun
2: would you also say that when you first started? I think this goes for any of us, actually. Mm-hmm. Would you say that when you first started playing Kingdom Hearts and the battles started happening, that you kind of intentionally would scroll off and then come back and fight the same wave again, <laughs> just because yes. you was like, "I'm yes. enjoying this so much and I can do it better this yeah.
4: time." Yes, that that um, definitely. Again, on that Traverse Time run, run like when you get to uh, I guess the uh, um, part three where you have the Lady in the Tramp portion and the and the fountain. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you if you go back to the uh, overworld. Um. The uh, the part where the shops are, and then you go back into the first store, then you can start that whole process all over again. It's like, yes, I get to whack more things. Yes, it's just <laughs> such
2: a joy. Like, I actually saw a guy. He's a friend of mine, who the other day he he for some reason got this kick out of. Me, like, I don't understand what people who like you know Kingdom Hearts get upset when people dislike it. And I'm like, I'm more concerned about why you dislike it. Like, <laughs> just by virtue of the fact that I. I almost want someone to tell me what they hate about the game in the sense that, like I said earlier, I admit and accept that the plot makes very little sense yeah. when you try to lay it out on paper and make sense of it. But that goes for a lot of games I play. There's a True. lot of games where they get all in to pseudoscience. Or whatever nonsense well,
1: we they come yeah, up with I, for the game. You just mentioned Final Fantasy 7. Yeah, bam, right there. <laughs> like, that's yeah. cruel, off the deep end. And
2: eventually, it's kind of falls again. Like, I really don't care about what this scientist is doing anymore. Why do they want to destroy the world? Never makes any sense. But you know what I do like whacking dudes <laughs> with a kitty <cape laughs> and the
1: face, and I'm in for that. I'm curious, right? So, like at like Disneyland and Disney World, like they do these. There's like like Marvel Studio things, and there's like a Star Wars area, and they have all these like themed areas. Is there like a Kingdom Hearts themed? Like no,
4: theme not yet, and, but there should be. Um, yeah, right? For uh for uh Kingdom Hearts 3 release, I believe I saw an article that they did design one of their hotel rooms to be entirely Kingdom Hearts um themed and everything like that. But I am super surprised that uh, Kingdom Hearts doesn't have a bigger presence in at least the Disney places that I've been to recently. I didn't really see anything there for it, which is odd. But I'm pretty sure that's going to change eventually. That's got to. Let I mean, that that crossover is is so
2: strong, right? I'm almost, I feel like, I am have to look it up later, but I almost feel like I did read somewhere that they were talking about making like a small Disney, like wing it in Disney World for Kingdom Hearts. It was like a temporary limited time sort of bit. Is it like just too anime for Disney? Is that what it is? Well, <laughs> it does make me wonder, like maybe there, maybe there's a part of them that are like, is this a long standing franchise? Like will it taper off or will it stick around? Though well, I'm going to wager that it is going to stick around because I already heard rumors that the third game leads and it's like, there's going to
4: be a sequel we just don't know how, and it might not involve yeah. Sora anymore. But yeah, apparently Nomura said that it, that um, Kingdom Hearts three isn't going to be the last one. It might. I haven't. I don't know how the end goes. I'm still, you know, still wor- working working towards the end of Kingdom Hearts three. But apparently, it's supposed to be the end of Sora's story. But uh, there's supposed to be more after the pretty pretty much quote unquote Xehanort saga. And I guess we'll see what Nomura has in store for us. <laughs>
2: yeah. I will say personally, right now. I'm not itching for the next one yet. We'll see when it shows up, but I do appreciate that they had the thought to not pull a Resident Evil and extend this
4: specific plot line oh, even further.
1: Just yeah, wrap yeah, it yeah, the yeah. heck up. Too much. I yeah, mean,
4: there there are so many twists and turns already, just, uh, just micro, por- micro portions and everything, like oh, this, the time travel, the xenor things, the... the uh, Exchanging the body and this or whatever, We're not heartless, nobody's blah blah blah. It's like, okay, yes, that's cool. Can we get to a new story point now, please? <laughs> Give Haley Joe Osmond a break. That's
2: this game is pretty much his his like legacy here. He's gonna like <laughs> I keep. I mean, if I remember correctly, someone posted like a side by side. When third, the third game came out, I was like, Note that Haley Joe Osmond has been voicing Sora the entire time, which I thought they replaced him at some point. No. But just go to say, he went through
1: puberty with this game. It's <laughs> true. He's been doing this for a long time. I just was watching him in a show on Hulu called Future Man. He's really funny in that. And he's very hairy. Yeah, he has a... <laughs> he has not just grow a beard. He grew, like, a face mask. He grew a, he grew, <laughs> he grew a Yeti, is what he did. He went full <laughs> Yeti. Um, all right, so enough about the Yetis. Right. No, 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 a little more. A little a bit, bit more, more, a little bit more. Um, hair everywhere. <laughs> all right, now back to Kingdom Hearts. Um, so I chose music from games, all, all from games that I haven't played. So we have got that. Because I'm curious, like I, I know the music of the core games, and I wanted to see what else was out there and how it was um, approached. So this is a, um, from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep for the PlayStation Portable. This is called Rage Awakened, which is one of the boss themes. Again, composed by Yoko Shimomura. You're listening to "Rage Awakened" from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep for the PlayStation Portable, composed by Yoko Shimomura. And uh, I love, I love that build up at the very beginning. It doesn't repeat, but there's like a build up of the piano, and it gets with the violin, and it's like kind of off key. It's a little dissonant, and then it builds up into like it was like the big like um, dramatic section. Yes, with those big staccato strings, and it's like boom, bump, 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 bump. bump. Um, yeah There's something about Like playing Kingdom Hearts where you, like, like the last track Like you're running around Through the towns Like there's these big battle scenes But it's kind of fun right mm-hmm. then you get to these Boss scenes And it's Or these boss battles And it's like Okay suddenly it's real Suddenly it's like Super serious Everything's on the line Everything's on the line And it, 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 it just, the music makes you feel that. I love it. And
2: honestly, as I listen to this, just by virtue of how I play the game, all I pretty much
4: hear is like brr, 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 brr,
2: brr. Because i am always dying. <laughs>
4: yeah, right. And then the tension build up also with the, uh, with the timpani hits, like boom, oh, boom, boom, love boom, that. Boom. Love that. But
1: I Love like, that so much.
4: I'm glad at least your first pick was a Kingdom
2: Hearts game that I at least played. Oh, good. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I stand by, what well, I say this every time this game comes up, and I stand behind that. I haven't played three yet. Admittedly, but I, I have a feeling it's not going to change my feeling in the sense that I feel like this is honestly my favorite Kingdom Hearts game of all of them. Oh
1: really? Hands really, down. Really. Oh yes. So Birth by this was so this was this didn't play like a weird like card type game like Chain of Memories for the DS, right? This yes was,
2: and no. You know? Yes and no. What they, they took the Chain of Memories battle system and indeed. Dorked it. They de they de- <laughs> ruined it and made it fun. We're, 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 I, like, that's, that's, I like
1: that. That's like we're making that a t shirt, guys. Did de- 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 dorked, de- de- dorked it. We de-dorked it. It's
2: like chain of memories had you such so you had to select a bunch of cards and it was like a numbering system and if you played a card that's too low, the enemy beast it was really dumb. But yeah, with
4: cha- with it listen- was very dense.
2: Yeah, it was very yeah, it was like it's like I could see what they wanted, but for the style of gameplay, it just doesn't make sense. Mm. But what they did with Birth by Sleep, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, the, no, if 3 did this too, is they made all of the attacks cards, mm. so to speak. So you build a deck of attacks now, and you can string the attacks together in a certain order if you want, or you can roll through them in like a roulette and say, I want to go to this one, I want to go yeah. to this one, and you use them. And every time you use an attack, it has a cooldown, so you can't like spam the same move unless
1: you
4: put the same move on
1: like multiple times. That's like a lot do. to keep track of. No,
4: it's really yeah. not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it actually played out better than it actually sounds. Like, um, um going back to uh, what was it? Rechain the um, was it rechain or was, yeah, it was rechain the memories or chain of memories with the whole card deck thing. I tried it. Like uh, they did a re-release on the 1.5, 2.5 uh, uh, for the PS4, mm-hmm. uh, where they put where they pushed it to 3D instead of where it was. I think it was originally on the GBA or something like that. Yeah, it was I, a I Game Don't, Boy
2: Advance, and it was 2D, yeah. and they and it didn't play
4: at all like you would expect Kingdom Hearts no. to play like. No, it didn't. Like when I first jumped into it, it was like I kind of want to whack things again, but I can't whack things the way that I want to. I gotta wait for like you said, the whole no- card number system and. I, I hate to be I'm on this I'm on the general side of people who generally dislike the whole rechain of memory thing of it of of it is I I recognize that yes it was there's offshoot into something different it, you know they they've done Kingdom Hearts one they've done Kingdom Hearts two a specific way and they say okay let's try doing something different for the gamers but uh, it just didn't it, for me it didn't work for a, a lot of other people it did work but for me it didn't work but with uh, Birth by Sleep though it actually played out a lot better like uh, it felt a lot more comfortable it felt like if it did feel like authentic Kingdom Hearts like you were used to with Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 where it it did feel like an action versus a card based game Um, it it added some complexity to it but it was still very manageable once you start getting into it
2: and I'd even go as far as to say like to me at least with Birth by Sleep that became what I wanted the battle system to be so, yeah.
4: Because you know how in Kingdom Hearts 2 you had the forms.
2: You remember that, right, Rob? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I was just yeah, remembering. Those
4: they called like overdrives or something. Yeah. Uh, shadow form, uh, 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 master form,
1: et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was cool because it kind of float off the air. Yeah, yeah, really cool.
2: And they were awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, once you got to a certain moment, you were like, I'm using brave form, and I'm going to use final form, and these other ones are going to win. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what, <laughs> what, what they did with uh, Birth by Sleep, they made a set that you had, like, when you remember, I mentioned earlier the decks of card the decks of attacks, mm-hmm. you can set them up. Depending on what attacks you're rocking in your deck, if you attack often enough in succession, you'll unlock, like, a drive. They called them drives. Drives, that's what they were called, yeah, yeah. And it was like basically different attack styles, and they were able to unlock moves that were unique to that drive and you could just kind of go bonkers with it and there were so many and some of them would evolve into better draw it was like in, as long as you like basically keep attacking with that drive and don't let the bar go down you get another draw hmm. like Ghost Dash or whatever it was
4: called so it's like it's like rewarding you for like constantly like keeping up with
2: rewarding like, you for yeah. it yeah was-
4: butt and it and I think the uh, well, the more that you use it, also each individual card levels itself up, and you can trade it for a bit uh, um, a, a higher level version of that same attack, etc. And then you can combine them again to something different. It was pretty cool. It was so good. And. I- and I think that's also where the, uh, the, the 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 target trigger system thing first started. I think. I correct me if I'm wrong though. Um, for uh, in uh, Birth by Sleep. Just to make sure, trigger system you're referring to when you held down the button and the cursor showed it was like ding 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 ding, and yes. you let it go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It started yeah. in Birth by Sleep. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about that. Of course, it, I think I stopped after Kingdom Hearts too. So. You did. I did. I got the flu, and for a whole week I said, "All right." I'm not leaving the house. I'm just gonna 100 percent Kingdom Hearts too, <laughs> and I found every little stupid thing in that game, Ooh. and I fought Sephiroth for like I don't know Ooh. an entire Ooh. afternoon. Ah, it's um, it was weirdly rewarding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was definitely a um, what's it like a like a? It was a um. There's a word for it. It's a, it was um, beast. <laughs> no, it was a um. Scavenger hunt. Uh-huh. We yeah, all those little Mickey symbols. Now that wasn't a big payoff. Me looking for that word. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that,
2: uh, suffice to say, Kingdom Hearts, it's I will say gameplay wise has also been one of my more like and you know exhilarating gameplay experiences across all of the games because. You know how I I like to mention on the show a lot how I always play games like their hardest difficulty if if I'm capable of it Mm. because of what it makes you as a player do. I will say Kingdom Hearts is really good for that as well because it has two modes to it that showed up in various games. It was Proud mode, which was just, you know, high difficulty, Mm. which means, you know enemies are just gonna rock you right, unless yeah. you're
1: careful higher damage and all that stuff yeah
2: but then later on it do something even more interesting called critical mode hmm. and what critical mode was that you do double damage but so does the enemies oh interesting so it's like a very risk reward sort of deal it's like, can I take this guy out because once I get in there I'm not getting back out hmm. so the, <laughs> things like Sephiroth and the Sephiroth boss battles they become so tense because you're almost perfecting them, yes. and you know just when to break the leaf shield out, which is like a, a, a sub-ability that you have, unless you heal without taking damage. Every time you say quickly. leaf shield,
1: I think of uh, Mega Man. Mega Man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I said might even have the name wrong. It might be like Leaf Bracer or something. Yeah, it might but. be uh, Tornado Holder. Uh, oh, yeah, no, you're right. It's Jewel Satellite. It's jewel Satellite. It's jewel Satellite. We got
1: this. But, like, it's just, it's to me, it's like, it's very it's solid gameplay. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Well, let's listen to some more music. We're back to Jamal's picks. Uh, so, what's the next track that you want to listen to?
4: Uh, I believe the next one that we got is um, we did uh, uh, Arendelle, the the field theme from Kingdom Hearts Three. Awesome. All right, let's check it out.
1: listening to Arendelle, the field theme from Kingdom Hearts 3, composed by Yoko Shimomura, and wow this this track takes like, four or five different turns, like, throughout, like, it just keeps evolving and evolving and changing and changing, and then it brings it all back together towards the end, and that's almost like, like how Kingdom Hearts works, right? Like all of these different themes kind of pulling together, very, very cool um, so the field theme, so this is used throughout the game, or is this through just
4: through that one section? just this one section this is actually for the uh, the Frozen uh, stages of this uh, of the game oh okay cool and oh. interestingly enough I was expecting um, well I won't spoil it for you there's a specific section uh, but Frozen related in this game that they did really really well so I won't spoil it for you Okay. but I was expecting a specific theme related to Frozen to actually play as part of the battle theme and probably like uh, Yoko Shimomura's own rendition of it spoilers what? was it
2: let it go were you hoping for let it go
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be in this game right
4: yeah, uh, yeah. yes. Sora, it's, 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 <laughs> <go. laughs> let it go! Let it go!
1: <laughs> I gotta say, like, I've never actually seen the movie Frozen, but I've heard my nieces sing Let It Go ad nauseum, so I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be in this game, it's gotta be in this game. <laughs> actually, yeah,
4: actually, is Okay. I just saw it recently, just, you know, um, I, I was doing, like, a small Disney binge, just, you know, uh, adult watching, you know, from Disney, uh, back in the day to Disney now, just, you know, get an adult perspective of it, and, you know, I ran into Frozen, because... I know Frozen was going to be in this game, so I didn't want to spoil it for me, so I actually finally watched it, and, you know, in context, the song makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> I actually am but, curious uh,
2: about something, though. So,
4: see. I... And this is... I think the first time I'm going
2: to experience this is in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I used to hear a lot of people make complaints about in the earlier games where, oh, I never watched that movie before, so it doesn't quite resonate with me so well, or this is dumb. Yeah, yeah. Put game put yeah. levels in there for games that, or for movies that I've seen or whatever. But... I'm curious, do you feel as though it would hurt the impact of a stage in one of the games if you have not seen the movie of which it is based?
4: Not, uh, I wouldn't say entirely, because, like, uh, say, like, uh, you know generally uh, some of the levels that actually are going to be in Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Because I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar, like, I know Tangled and Frozen for sure. Yeah, and Toy Story and everything like that. Yeah. So, like what they did with the Toy Story one, um, they they pretty much just made their um, their own story for it. So it's like it's not really going to spoil really anything. But mm-hmm. something like Frozen that has an iconic narrative, then yeah, it might spoil it for you because it, it does take specific foot points on the actual movie yeah. uh, in the in the actual game with Sora and Go- Donald and Goofy injected into it, in it with hilariously uh, uh, repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I would say, yeah, in some cases it would spoil it for you, but in specific cases, no.
2: But, like, what I'm hoping is going to happen in the end is that, let's say, for let's take the Frozen world, because again, I haven't seen Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might hit the beats of the movie, but it's not the entire movie. So, it shouldn't really kill the momentum. I'm that guy that's always about true. the journey, not the destination when it comes to media. True, true. But the hope is that I'll go in. I'll uh, play the level, have fun playing the game itself, but then by experiencing the world, I'll go. Now I need to go back and watch Frozen because this makes me yeah. want to see. It. Make you curious yeah, curious for that. Yeah. Because
4: there is one thing in the Frozen, uh, the Frozen uh, stage that they do do is that um, you do see Hans, but you don't know why Hans is the way he is. Like uh, Hans is specifically. Uh, when you do see the movie, he has kind of like a double—he's a pretty much a double-edged sword, or uh, you know, you'll see him whatever, whatnot. But he doesn't really have an acting stage in this game, and you see him as a um, an antagonist later on in the stages going, but you don't know why. Mm. Um, the movie actually goes into a lot more detail, and you actually see the journey with, with uh, 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 Anna, uh, 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 one of the sisters, uh, and their interaction with them and how their journey actually builds but in the game no you don't you actually just really just see uh, only a, a couple other characters
2: and I'm glad you said that's a prime example right there like I'll say well, who the heck is this dude why is he over there in the shadows why isn't he playing why is he having a snowball fight with the rest of us I better go watch the movie and find out for myself <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: yeah I'm trying to remember in the older games of if they really pulled from like the movie like the stories of the movies I don't think they really did a whole lot it was just like oh you know there's characters from you know Beauty and the Beast I- or just I think places uh, for Beauty and the Beast,
4: right? In uh, Kingdom Hearts two, they kind of took a, a couple chances of not going super close. Like uh, I remember specifically, like the the Aladdin the um, the the Aladdin stage, uh, they didn't really pull too much from uh, return uh, from Jafar. Well, they they I, you know what they kind they kind of did they kind of did, but it, not like like super story wise if anything else. Um, Lion King here and there, so some of them they did. Uh, Birth by Sleep. Uh, like the Cinderella stages, nah, not really.
2: Mm. It was mostly just being uh, in the environment and like kind of having like a weird sub adventure
1: with the characters
4: yeah, using yes. uh, pre existing
2: yes.
1: like relationships that they had. So it's like going to a Disney resort and like, oh, look, I'm in this place, but you're not doing the movie. But by that <laughs> same token, I want to
2: say, like, say Alice in it. Wonderland sort of did like the mm. movie's premise because they, they tweaked it a bit, of course, because they had to do the whole, you know, Princess of Harms, Princess of Hearts and all that stuff, but uh, she, it was like basically the queen had alice prisoner or you had to save her from the queen which of course you know in the in the, in the actual story yeah, yeah, she was yeah, trying yeah. to capture alice you know right. off with her head and all that ramble dabble well in the little mermaid one there was the whole sing-along
1: section just like in the movie just the like whole plot the... of the movie was <laughs> singing <laughs> i don't know that's my memory of uh that was, that was kingdom school.
4: hearts definitely kingdom hearts 2
1: yeah that was the my whole memory of Elementary school having sing-alongs to Little Mermaid.
4: And for
2: the record, speaking of which, I'm in the minority here, but I was honestly okay with Atlantica. In the first game, people hated on that, which is why the second one was just a bunch of mini, just a singing
4: mini game. Oh, but I, I liked mean, I, swimming. I liked it. I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't exactly tight control wise, but. Uh, as a level in itself, it looked great. It played re- re- relatively good once you started getting abilities as you progressed through it, like you know, like the the, the, the quick fin, like uh, so you can swim faster yeah, and everything like right. that. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then when you got used to ascending and descending a little bit, then it's it, things started actually to gel a little bit better. I personally liked it. Yeah, see, we're, we're yeah. all see, we're the cool kids club, <laughs> see? man. <laughs> see, Donald, sore and Goofy right here. <laughs> If we got about to at right our table. You're you're not allowed in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, what's your next track, for now?
4: Alright. So let's see. What's my second
2: track? Well, I pick, I'm gonna just let it out there. I let my, my favorite, you know, gummy ship track go in like our earlier episode. But this ah. is one of those tracks that I wanted to play, but there's just so much good music in the game that something had to hit the cutting room. But now I can come back. Alright, what's up? And that is Asteroid Attack yes. from Kingdom Hearts 2, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Back, you are listening to Asteroid Attack from the game Kingdom Hearts 2, composed by Shoko Yimamura. And this track (laughs) Shoko (laughs) Yimamura. I was like, it works, it works. This track is like a gem. Like I was telling saying earlier, my original favorite gummy ship track in the game is Hazardous Highway. Mm. But Asteroid Attack is the perfect first gummy ship tune to hear, considering the fact that if I remember correctly, in Kingdom Hearts 1. The gummy ship was kind of the black sheep of the game.
1: Yeah, people didn't really want to use it. You were like, kind of, you Had to do it. You had to do what yeah. you want to do it. Yeah, but the second one, they was like, look, we're going to turn this into a nice arcade shooter. Yeah, you can like customize your ship and do all this crazy stuff. It, the, was it the Rescue Rangers? They were the ones on the thing. Well, yeah, even The Rescue it. It Rangers. Chip and Chip like, and Dale. Yeah, yeah. Pre Detective Agency.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. And it was just, it was a gem, man. Like, I actually would want to go back and get, like, high ranks on the darn gummy Ship levels. That's how yeah. you know they pulled it off. Like, I don't need a
4: whack Keyblade monster just yet. I can go back, you know, shoot some asteroids and Heartless in Space. It's a good time. You'll be, you'll be happy to know that the new gummy Ship uh, portions in, in K- Kingdom Hearts 3 is very rewarding as well. Really? Oh, cool, cool. Oh, I'm ready to do that then, homie.
1: What I like is that this is still a Yoko track. It's a little different because it's more kind of got an electronic feel to it. But there's, yeah. or- but there's orchestra hits. <laughs> like, it's, <sort> of, <laughs> like, it's the only one that's going to have orchestra hits in it. I love it. Epic music for an epic ride in space, right? Oh, yeah. Super cool.
2: <laughs> so you were saying something earlier, Jamal. I was like, no, no, we got to talk on show. the show. Don't spoil
1: it. Yeah, yeah, a little aside. So what's up?
4: Yeah, so um, on the last uh, episode, uh, you were mentioning something about Mickey Mania. And... Uh, I'm going to go on the other side, and I'm with the Genesis side with uh, no! with, uh, with of no!
3: <laughs> we were getting
4: so close.
2: <laughs> ah, why? Oh my God! Well, I'll be bit on the positive. At least they're both good. They're both good.
4: Yes, they. they yes, they are definitely. <laughs>
2: Well, i be like. Imagine if there was like this conversation it was like, you know. For now, I know you're a big fan of the Super Nintendo version, but I gotta tell you, I'm a bigger fan of the Atari 2600 rendition. <laughs> it just
1: speaks to me in such a way. Yeah, so something about that beeper is just an amazing <laughs> instrument. <laughs> um, did you? Do you have any? Um, um. Did
4: you grow up with the Sega Genesis or, or or one of those? Yeah, consoles? I'm definitely. Uh, I'm definitely more Team Sega if anything else. Um, I I grew up. I did have an NES to start, but like. Further on, I had a Sega Genesis, then I had a, a Sega Saturn, actually. Actually, I had a Sega 32X first, and then I had a Sega Saturn, then I had the Dreamcast. So pretty nice. much all Team Sega for the most part. But love I it. gotta uh, ask, I, it, I, I
2: gotta ask. You said you're a Team Sega guy. <laughs> but even as a Team Sega Segaman. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be honest with us here. Where'd you think of the 32X.
4: Uh, it 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 didn't do very well. It did like, not do well. Like okay, like the only like I, there's like a couple games that I remember. Definitely Knuckles: Chaotix. That pretty much everybody had that. Oh, sure. um, and I had uh, a, another game called Zaxxon Motherbase 2000, which also had a really really good soundtrack as well. Um, and there was another one. Uh, I think it was called Brutal. I, it was like uh, yeah, anthropomorphic yeah. Pa- fighting game. Pause of Fury. Yeah, that's a cool soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I heard it the. Actually I think uh, I only heard the 32X version of it but it 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 you it, it very much sounded like nothing really enhanced as far as like soundtrack wise like it used the uh, the, the the whole gen sound you know like it was coming with like Shaq Fu and stuff like that. Yeah, well so the yeah so the
1: 32X was just an add on to the to the, the main hardware and the main hardware was the YM2612 um, uh, synthesizer and so adding on the 32X didn't change the fact that you're still using the, the same synthesizer to make the music it's just he had more you know they had more memory to work with
2: I stand yeah, by the gotcha. belief that they kind of they 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 pulled a, a a sneaky sucker punch on us with that 32x. is like aside from the fact that they had like a gajillion wires stinging oh, out the man. back between
4: oh, yeah. it
1: and the Sega CD. I had uh, no mean, idea.
4: There was a- and me being and me being young, I, I I knew no better. Like I didn't know that the Sega Saturn was going to be out in what like two months after it came out or something like that. So the timing of the release of the 32x was was totally bad. And everybody who was pretty much older and knew better so it was like, yeah, don't buy it. Sega Saturn's coming out like in a couple months mm. or something like that. Oh, so they, it was oh like, they were
2: smart. because like, they got me too. Like we got Sega. He got the 32X for Christmas one year mm. and it came with Doom which honestly I played more of it on the 32X than on the PC but huh. then after Doom I was like okay what's next and it was like I wanted Knuckles Chaos but my mom didn't have the money for it so I just, that's kind of a book I was like I'm going to read about this in magazines and there was another <laughs> game I wanted but never got to play called Tempo where it's like a kid or it looks like a mosquito with headphones or something um, he well, has mosquito eyes looking but like Aside from that, I was like, I would look through all the games like, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> what is going on here? And then the Saturn comes out, and the Saturn's a weird one for me. Like, I grew to like the Saturn. At first, I got it as the consolation prize, mm-hmm. because my brother <laughs> beat me to the PlayStation, which had all the <laughs> RPGs on I was like, well, we can't have two PlayStations in the house. Purnell's got to get something, so I sold my Super Nintendo yeah. and all of my games like Saturn. to get a Saturn. The Saturn had the Fighters. But I didn't play Fighters, so I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. what do I get? So I was like, I'm at the store shopping. it's like, wait, wait, up here looks interesting to me. And then I ended up walking out with Guardian Heroes and Rayman, which, oh. I'll tell you, tell Guardian you Heroes, fuck. though. Yeah, exactly. I was say, like, I never heard of Guardian Heroes at the time. I was not familiar with Treasure. It was just, here's this game. I don't even like the box art. It looks dumb. But <laughs> it sounds like an RPG, I guess. So I took it home and fell in love with it. It is still yes. one of the all-time greatest beat-em-ups in history. Yes. More people should be talking about when those lists come out. Mm.
4: It's yes. so good. Back on the beat up list. <laughs> Definitely up there with Streets of Rage, if anything, uh, um, as well. Um yes. But also, like you said, Fighters, you know, you had, like, Virtual Fighter, you had, uh, what was it, um, Virtual Fighters versus, uh, uh, I can't remember. the. Uh, there was the Fighters fight Mega Mix. That's it. That's what a fighter's makes make it. You yeah. can play
1: as a car. <laughs> I was the most interested because I had... Um, and, oh, yeah, uh,
4: the Daytona car character. That's right. Oh, my God. I forgot
1: you could play as a car <laughs> in a fighting game He punched you with his tires it Oh was my amazing. god I forgot about that No I was most interested In, in like Marvel superheroes And the uh, Oh yeah um, Children of the Atom Children of the Atom Right because there was like a there's a memory expansion You could add to it And it was like Almost arcade perfect It was amazing
2: Yeah 32 meg ram cart mm-hmm. Which I still need to get Modded properly Because uh, a buddy of mine Tried to hook me up with one But I gotta take it down To the scene Because I'm trying to play The Shining Force 3 trilogy Which by the way By the way I still feel like that's oh. one of gaming's greatest losses is Shining Force, you know, Camelot leaving Sh- Sh- Sega. Oh, right, yeah. But Shining in the Darkness, right? Yeah, Shining in the Darkness, Shining Force 1, Shining the Holy
1: Ark, Shining Force 2. You can get it on mobile now.
4: when not you also use really? the... Uh... Yeah. Could you also use the um, the the, the GameShark as, me- as the 32 memory card expansion? I know you can use it for import games, but I don't know about the, uh, about um, the memory expansion.
2: Oh, no, no. This isn't so much for memory. This is straight up to play a burn because uh, Shining Force ah. 2 and 3 didn't come out in the States. Sorry, question. Shining Force 3 episodes 2 and 3 never came out in the States. So you'd have to get a burn of a translated ROM right. and then play it on a modded or cart-loaded Saturn. Which is what oh. I was trying to do Because I bought It's funny I actually bought The original Shining Force 3 When it came out in the States Then sold it Back to the store During GameStop's 10 day return policy Because I was like I beat the game in 10 days I don't need to keep <laughs> it Take it back I'll get it when it's on discount We all know what happened It never went on <laughs> discount It became one of the last releases
1: and That's right. It became worth a mint so oh, we, we all know better now Like Oh we know I don't if it's, do if anymore it's an, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's like a niche Like genre game Hold it for dear life I mean, Hold on So of course things are different now I mean it's not exactly like I downloaded the game Better hang on to it Well maybe a little Well better. I did download a car And that's enough So <laughs> yeah. That's all. that old Terrible
2: <laughs> Slogan You wouldn't download a car Would you You would was such I forgot joke. where you
1: were going that so with that. Good. That's really funny. So I yeah, just ads. <laughs> I just looked up uh, Zaxxon for the 32x. I'd never heard of this. It looks fascinating.
4: Yeah, it it has kind of like a, I would say a little bit of a, Me- a Mega Man S type touch to it, where you, you can pretty much hack th- uh, your enemy ships and you can steal their attacks because you know there's no like uh, like power up. Uh, icons or anything like that that's left on the stage you actually have to use your enemy mm. you can use them as like cannon fodder and like uh, use momentum and shoot them into uh, like pretty much launch them into other enemies and everything like that mm. it's early 3D so it's yeah. it, you know it's got, but, uh, like a, it's got kind of like a um, I like uh, I like, like a got, really big polygon kind of um, yeah. Star Fox
1: kind of look to it
2: I like yeah. the idea behind it too because like I played the original Zaxxon and I don't recall I mean I only played like at a game gathering with friends but I don't remember the mechanic that you're describing that's in
4: this one so it sounds like they made like
2: a pretty cool change to the gameplay
4: style. Yes, like uh, I, th- I think you do get it in level one. Um, I, ha- I ha- it's been a while since I've actually played it, but uh, I know you definitely do get it in level two as a, um, as a, as an attach, as a, as a power up. Ooh. Um, and then you can, um, you can pretty much just like jump on it. Any well, almost any enemy, and then pretty much hack them and use them as actually shield bait.
1: Ah, that's so cool! All right, cool. I'm gonna explore some of the music on this because I I love the sound of the Sega Genesis. I also might be able to just kind of find it because I'm almost I wouldn't be surprised if this is playable on like a retro player or something. Oh yeah, yeah. See if I can see if I can kind of slyly emulate it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, last last time I tried, yeah, um, it is emulatable. Um, uh, I think my favorite tracks out of there is probably like level two and um, and one of the boss themes in level three. Hmm. All right.
2: So. I got to I gotta ask before, we before, we we've been, we've been having some fun chats here, yeah, yeah, but yeah. one thing I meant to ask about Kingdom Hearts that I never got around to, hmm. two things, actually. One, what is your favorite Kingdom Hearts world that you have visited? Well, actually, I'll do that first, and now I'll ask the second one. Start with Jamal.
4: Aw, uh, man, I thought you were going, is it Rob first? <laughs> yes, first, man! Put uh, spot! Oh man, uh, let me see. My, fav- my favorite world that I visited? Um, uh, I wanna say, I wanna say, uh, I'm gonna go with Agrabah for right now. Agrabah, um, for, in, in Kingdom Hearts 1. I can dig that, cause if I remember correctly in Agrabah, on that
1: one you actually went to the Cave of Wonders too, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly think mine is going to be um, one oh, more monstrous monstro plays the um, oh inside the whale yeah inside the whale i like that one. oh monstro yeah, yeah monstro that was pretty cool i was a big
2: fan of monstro as frustrating as that blasted level is yeah but really
1: interesting really <laughs> it's cool
2: very trippy with all like the weird like colorful platforms and mess Between, i think it's between for me it's between that one and though it's not as expressive because of what system was on mm-hmm. um the lilo and stitch world from Birth by Sleep. Oh, I, I just, like that. I just love Lilo
1: Stitch anyway. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I
4: actually didn't get there. I Actually, didn't get there yet. Oh man, gotta get on it. It might be. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yes, there. yes, I did. That's the one with the sp- with the sp- um, when you start off in the the, sen- the central control room in the spaceship, right? Yes. You're oh, running. Oh, the yeah. Spaceship? Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm sorry. something.
2: I mean, take. that I mean, take the next time. As much as I love that, I totally forgot. The Tron world was my favorite world. Tron
1: looked awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was too short. And oh, oh no yeah, that's what you were saying.
4: It was too short. Yeah, that's right.
1: Way too short. But, man, I am a Tron nut. And the second question, and then we'll be done because I know yeah. Rob's like,
2: come on! No, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun here. So, this is going to be a harder one, I think, especially yeah, yeah. given like Disney knowledge. But what can you think of as being a Disney world that you wish existed in one of the games but currently
1: huh. does not? <laughs> they've, done, they've done so much, man. They've done so much. I would say... For me, it's got to be one of the more like classic, classic ones, like, um, like Robin Hood. Oh, that would
2: be an interesting like level.
1: With, yeah,
4: that'd be really cool. With the Fox. Yeah, the Fox. I used to love that stuff. Rob, why why are we on the same wavelength? Because I was thinking the exact same world, <laughs> <That'd be laughs> dude. Awesome. Having the whistle stop thing as part of the battle theme was actually one of the remixes that I wanted to actually try. That would have be been awesome, you know, like the uh, the whole archer scene in, in Robin Hood as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you could totally use that as a heartless battle battleground or something like that. Oh, that'd
1: be amazing. You could have like uh, um like all the heartless would be like in the stands, you know, like that, and Yeah, be actually, that'd be really cool. Yeah, they're 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 leaving a lot out, but I guess. You know, they gotta do what's going to be more well, what the, well flushed out, well more well known. What the
4: modern kids are gonna are gonna recognize is like, okay, are they gonna know what Robin Hood is, or who they, or are they gonna know who Elsa is? Right. It's just.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that definitely. But, but
4: I I do want some more classic worlds in there. Like um like they did play with well they didn't really play with uh 101 Dalmatian's, but you know, I told so we already had a uh, a Lion's Sora already in Kingdom Hearts 2, so why not have a Sora Dalmatian and then go through trying to escape from Chloe's <laughs> hill? That would be a, pretty cool. <laughs> <Dude>.
2: And he the <laughs> key in his mouth like how he that'd did with awesome, right? Simba.
1: Yeah, they'd be <laughs> running around like like puppy Sora. Like, oh, that'd be that'd be adorable. <laughs> that would be, be all adorable. All about that. I feel like but with me. But 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 don't don't uh, Donald Donald <laughs> Daffy Donald. You I just said Daffy. I know I'm getting all mixed <laughs> up. Donald and Goofy turn into the puppies. Goofy's already a dog though, right?
4: So he'd wh- become a cuter dog. Is he just? He's just like he
2: just keeps walking around. Like, he just
4: walks around like. What I happened do? to you guys? <laughs> Donald's going to be an interesting story. It's like okay, why does that dog have a beak?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: like, like a platypus. <laughs>
3: I feel
2: like with mine, I got two answers because I have to say one of them. Yeah. I feel like my true answer would be something like just the Incredibles franchise. Yes, Disney slash Pixar. Oh, that'd
4: be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
2: Just the, all the superheroes coming together and all the, the super villains from the franchise. They can even come up with some wacky fake ones just because <laughs> why not? And then, of course... This is a fake answer. Was more like I just want to see them have to explain like, oh, we didn't mean to do that. We totally misstepped. Hmm. They put the Brer Bear in there. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the Brer Bear cartoon. Brer the, Bear. Yeah, and it was a. Uh, it was one of their more car- controversial cartoons. Meant like Brer Bear and the Tar Baby. Oh, um, yeah. I'll say that for people To look it up Yeah But I used to have Like the record at home And everything when I was a child Oh really Yeah it, like, I mean, It's one of those Where like It didn't It doesn't hold up very well After, a passage of, after the passing no. of time No but it exists But it exists <laughs> And uh, I think it would be Almost weird to it, like Like You know how it happens Like a lot of times In video game music like, They put this thing in the game And then it gets to the masses And it's like What the heck was that right. And it ends up On we'll Kotaku And the developer's like We didn't mean to put that in there It was Jim's fault He did it you know, something <laughs> like that. So I'd almost imagine them doing that in the game, and like, because like in Japan, they're like, we don't know the difference. It just seems cool. Yeah, like, and then hey, we come,
1: hate everybody. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> they just don't. throw it in <laughs> there,
2: and then the game comes out, hmm. and then like Kotaku's like, what the heck is this doing in the game? And then like Sony Japan, like, sorry, like uh, you know, I mean, like Capcom, uh, Cap- I'm sorry, Square's so like, he's like, well, well, you know, um, we're gonna patch the entire level out. Um, no, we're actually gonna change it. We're gonna change certain elements. Now the bear is blue, and the baby. Is a Mowgli? Mowgli. It, it's a Jungle Book world now. <laughs> you know,
4: no one saw that happen. You, know? and it is a you thought like it a, was this bear, but he is. This name is really Baloo. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh, a becoming oh, yeah. like a
2: lost treasure, like in the future. Like, did you know the original Kingdom Hearts Four had <laughs> this <laughs> crazy <laughs> stage <laughs> that they just patched out? Oh, uh. it's so weird.
1: We, like, go back and, like, Kingdom Hearts 3... Kingdom Hearts 3, secretly racist. Pretty <laughs> like, the weirdest game. Like, why would you do that? Uh, we
2: didn't know!
1: <laughs> Alright, so my last track is coming from the game Kingdom Hearts Recoded, mm-hmm. which was the um, mobile game adventure in the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, this this came out in um, 2009, and um, it released between 2000 and 2010. It was, like, an episodic mobile adventure... Um, that took place before some of the events of Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, I'm seeing words like pre install. I have no clue what any of these things mean.
2: And I'm going to say, just say that right now, by the way. Uh, yeah. After the, this song is where we're going to
1: talk about the darn story. Cause this is a perfect time. Yeah, we got <laughs> to have yeah. that discussion in uh, there. But still, some amazing music uh, uh, throughout this. Some of them are, are kind of rearrangements and kind of um, uh, uh, um, like compressed versions of other themes, but this is um, a theme called Namine from Kingdom Hearts Recoded for Mobile, composed by Yoko Shimomura. This is Namine from Kingdom Hearts Recoded for mobile, composed by Yoko Shimomura, and yeah, kind of like got got the feelings of "Dearly Beloved" from that song. Yeah,
4: I hear nuances in, in within it on the top on the top line, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it was like, okay, we need kind of a slower, you know, kind of darker track here, but it needs to sound like Kingdom Hearts, and she was like, okay the cutting room floor on uh dearly beloved let's throw that in. i'm gonna take dearly beloved and just throw some paint on it there you go yeah. now how did you
4: huh? not oh sorry no no after afterwards, i was gonna say you <laughs> <laughs> now that you say that i'm actually trying to um um think about it like because you know nominate is uh is Kyrie's is nobody so i'm wondering i'm trying to remember Kyrie's theme and see okay um what similarities do they actually have in the theme because you know Yo, um, uh Shimomura likes doing specific nuances like that, and like mm. uh, blending aspects of the nobody themes with the um, um, kind of like a, a direct opposite of the uh, of their somebody themes. Right. Kind of like between like Sora and Roxas. And uh, uh, I would have to listen to it again.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, she so just like to carry the themes like through through different songs so that they like I don't know. It's just so as as you're playing through the game, like it still kind of makes you feel. Like, oh, that sounds familiar because it's related to this thing, and this is related to this thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. familiar but different and yeah. new. It's almost like composing for a movie, where you're carrying a theme throughout the entire movie, but with through a video game, you're carrying themes for different characters throughout throughout the game. Yeah.
2: Alright, mm-hmm. right, so let's hammer down now. We got three we have three brains here. <sighs> okay. Between the three of us <laughs> we can get a quarter of what this game's supposed to be about. I don't I don't know. Alright, so You're a kid who lives on an island. They have coconuts there. Right. Things happen gets weird, you leave, you meet a duck and a dog at a town that you've never been to and Squall's there because he's lame and then you end up going off on a ship to find a mouse
1: who is apparently royalty now and Yeah, and, and so he's, he's the king of something and then these monsters attack you and they're called heartless because they've lost their hearts completely, right?
2: Yes, but we don't know why they lost their hearts. We just know that their hearts are gone. Their they hearts be, are gone. heartless. And they become monsters. They become monsters. Angry monsters. Also, there's a game called Kingdom Hearts. That's the one you're actually in, which is also the title of the place you're trying to go at the end of the game, which you don't realize exists until the end of the game. Right. And so you're trying to get there, but then your best friend turns out to be a jerk. He's a big jerk. Earlier, you were staring coconuts, and now he's beating you over the head. With a coconut keyblade. And there's a pain in the butt because you're dealing with him constantly. You don't know why he's mad at you. He doesn't tell you why because he's doing that emo thing that characters do. And then something happens. Your best female friend is just lost. So you have to stab yourself in the chest with a key. And then you become an heartless yourself. Which also results in a nobody. Damn. Two nobodies. And the somebody being you coming back for some reason. Hmm. It's just... And that, And honestly... I think it's amazing that I'm saying this in a very <laughs> joking way. <laughs> Roll credit. And it's about as. I mean, I think that's pretty much what the first game actually is. Yeah. Like, you end up. Yeah, the, first, the, the last game, boss, you walk up to a door and it's like, "What's in the door?" Find out later. In yeah, the Game yeah. Boy
1: Advance. The first game <laughs> kind of makes sense. Like, it's kind of it tells a, a story from start to finish. It kind of goes off in different places, but it gives you ideas of like what things could be and what could be behind other things. Um, I didn't play the Game Boy Advance one. That was the Chain of Memories game.
2: Yeah, that one. And back me up on this, Jamal, because you might understand this more than me since you've played one point five. And you Mm -hmm. said you played it on there. Okay, now there's a game
1: called 1.5.
2: Well, 1.5 is a combination of multiple games.
1: Uh, But but Chain of
2: Memories is the one.
1: I was, I mean, as soon as that stuff came out, I felt defeated. Like, immediately defeated by these games.
2: Oh, I just, honestly, I just couldn't. But, like, Uh, help me out on this one, because this is where I'm going to start to really lose my marvel. So, (laughs) Chain of Memories involves Sora being convinced by a guy that from an organization at the time you don't know the name of hmm. to go to this castle to find answers just just answers and as he goes through the castle oh no, i forgot they also lost all their memories for
4: some reason right right as they progress through the castle of oblivion, they they progressively lose their memories because nominee who is kairi's is nobody has a unique ability to be able to erase and inject memories into other places or oh, other
1: people Is she the Okay in Kingdom Hearts 2 Is she the girl Who lives inside that castle who has, Who's drawing things Yes
2: Okay Yes, She's
4: cool. the one with the uh, With the blonde hair And the drawing pad Cool And I'm gonna
1: wager
2: That that castle In Kingdom Hearts 2 Is Castle Oblivion Because It's gotta be Yeah And it's, keep in mind I haven't beaten Chain of Memory So this is me Taking a wild shot In the dark But at the end of the game Once you beat Whatever organization member Is there Nominate puts you In that
1: cocoon so that you can actually get all your memories back, but you're stuck there for, like, years or right. something. And then you start the game as not Sora. You start the game as Nora. Roxas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you run around as Roxas doing, like, fetch quests for about, you know, an hour or two. Gotta pay for that sea salt ice cream habit somehow, That's right? That's right. And then the game starts.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> now, there's, now there's a thing before that, of course, is uh, the, the worst kingdom hearts title in the world 358 over two days which is the which is the yeah it's the in between story that happens um after uh chain of memories or chain of memories if uh from the original uh, gba version um and kingdom hearts 2 which basically tells about the story of roxas who is Sora's nobody uh how um how he came up in organization 13 and uh up until the point where he actually uh pretty much goes against organization 13 over over time because there was another girl named shion who incidentally is also part of sora's memories so now you have roxas she and, and shion um and uh yeah roxas and shion as part of being part, part of sora but that's shion was a new
2: thing for me because i did not <laughs> yeah, know, I that know that part either. all right uh
4: and shion was supposed to be like a um a stand in double to actually because um uh, to use Sora's memories to be able to use the Keyblade to actually collect hearts, because that was the original uh, goal of Organization thirteen, to collect hearts, so that eventually they can unlock Kingdom Hearts and then they can actually have hearts themselves. Um, so but we, they said that yeah, we're only at the 2009. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but why? Um. So fast forward, uh, Roxas gets all gets all angry and whatever or not because Xion is pretty much exed, and he's pretty much looking for Sora because Roxas up until a point doesn't know who Sora is, and they keep saying uh, they keep mentioning Sora. Sora's like, what, what the heck? What the heck with Sora? Who is Sora? Whatever, whatnot. So he eventually runs into Riku. They battle it out. Um, at first, um, Riku has the upper hand, and then um, uh, Roxas takes the upper hand and almost beats him. And then here's the thing with Riku. Because back, if you remember back in Kingdom Hearts One, um, he was actually possessed, um, which you'll find out later. I'm am st- also jumping stages here by a, a person called Ansem, the Seeker uh, Seeker of Darkness, mm-hmm. who at the time, when he revisited right. him, trying to uh, time travel to meet uh, <laughs> to meet him, <laughs> and so why? Did, yeah, then at this point, I'm like, why did they have to introduce time travel into all of this? <laughs> because my why guess, not? <laughs> that's nuts. Honestly, my the time travel thing didn't they I think they started introducing in Dream Drop Distance um but the whole thing even with Ansem was, was is a very confusing point if you're going from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 2 because it's like okay you had because you remember the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 you had um, you saw Diz who became Anthem, um, you found out it was Ansem the Wise um but then you had Ansem Seeker of Darkness and then you had Zenmus Zenmus was uh uh was a nobody and Ansem was the original Xehanort's uh Heartless
2: so freaking weird.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, think,
2: and keep in mind also as
1: he's explaining all this, he Jamal is doing a better job of it than the game yeah, does. No, this is excellent. So, <laughs> so we're up to 2012, uh, Dream Drop Distance, and now we have so a Dream few Drop games, Distance 1.5. Oh, Dream Drop, Dream Drop Distance,
2: Dream Drop Distance. The premise of that game, thankfully, I don't know the majority because I haven't pl- played through it yet. But the idea is that after Kingdom Hearts 2 um the the wizard from freaking Fantasia decides he yep he decides that uh, they need to Riku and Sora need to train up to, in order to battle the coming battle okay. with Xehanort so he actually sends them into like a dream variant God, of all names. these different worlds that already exist but right. they're like dream versions of those
4: worlds hmm. and yeah, then they have to... Now go ahead oh. Supposedly, they're... Because uh, I, I, I haven't gotten to um, playing Dream Drop Distance in full, but from what I understand it, they're pretty much sleeping worlds. Yeah, from, sleeping uh, worlds! When uh, they when Sora and, I guess, Riku was reviving worlds, there were specific worlds that didn't wake up or come back into its woken state, so they have to go into a dream state to experience these other worlds. Mm. And uh, I guess also specific states of existing worlds that... I don't know, it's it's, it's a little so weird.
2: weird. And then they have the dive system, which is just like you just get thrown back and forth between the characters as you play the game. Oh wow and you don't get to choose. The game just says, Get out, time to be Riku for a while. Like, well no! Over the middle of a boss fight. like, we don't care. And it just shuts the whole thing down, you do this diving mini-game, and now you're the other
1: character. Right, and now we're between one point five remix X. Two point five remix, and then another one called Unchained X. But even before that, we skipped Birth
4: by Sleep, which is technically Kingdom Hearts Zero. Zero. So that's yep. like the main prequel. That is the main yeah. prequel. That's how you. That's uh, you you get to see Master Xehanort for the first time, and you get to see you know the the mastery exam between Aqua, Terra, and uh, and Ventus, um, and uh, uh Terra's descent into darkness. Who by? Um, boy, spoiler alert, or just like a little offshoot. You remember the whole thing when I was mentioning about Zenmis and, um, and, uh, Ansem Seeker of Darkness? Um, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand it, uh, Terra was actually possessed by Xehanort, who became Terranort. Um, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so you're telling me
2: that, and for the record, just state this for listeners and for everyone, all of us. I think we can all agree that time is passed enough that unless we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. There are no spoilers yeah, here. We're fine. We're fine. We're here. Yeah.
1: Also, I, I <laughs> haven't played these. I'm not too worried about that. because You're not going to stand it anyway. I'm not going to figure <laughs> it out.
2: So you're telling me that throughout, maybe
4: not all, but at least a large chunk of Birth by Sleep, he was possessed too? He, uh, Terra gets possessed uh, towards the end of Birth by Sleep. Um, after mm. they're fighting Zanor in the uh, in the uh, the Key the, the Keyblade graveyard.
2: Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Which explains a large part of like the whole how they all, oh. they all had that falling out at the end of the game.
4: Right, because you see mm-hmm. the you
1: see the Keyblade graveyard at the end of two.
2: Yeah, and that was a, that was basically like a secret movie like lead into like Birth by Sleep because that yeah. final battle their final battle takes place in the Keyblade graveyard, mm. which is where things get really weird. Also, because apparently. A part of Ventus's
4: heart is inside of Sora's heart, and yes. <laughs> it's like a yeah, uh, it's so Apparently, cool. um, v- uh, during the battle, because uh, what Xehanort did to to Ven is uh, he divided his heart between pure um, pure light. So Ventus Ventus is pretty much uh, being a pure light, and his all of his darkness became Ventus Which looks uh, like which, Sora, by the way. Yes, oh, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> um, and when uh, apparently when um, when uh, Ventus was younger. Or I forget when it happened. Uh he actually came to a... yeah, actually um when that happened, he came to a young Sora and Sora said, Yeah, you can come because he was looking for refuge because he didn't have a body anymore after the battle. Um and his body is in Castle Oblivion where Aqua hit it. Um and he uh Sora pretty much said, Yeah, you can come with um you can you can take place in my um in my heart, you know, as as a place of refuge, which was nice. But And you know, that's why confusing. he's in
2: there. Okay. So he asked actually said, Come on in, hang out with me for a bit. Mm-hmm. And also, so then,
4: uh, oh, go ahead, you. Uh, so then, you had um, Aqua. Also, uh, she pretty much uh, she got lost in the in the realm of darkness, which um, leading up to Kingdom Hearts three, you're trying to find her. Hmm. Uh, Terra adopts the name uh, Terra Zanor, rather adopts the name as fully Xehanort and becomes Ansem the Wise's um, apprentice. Um, wait, 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 wait.
2: So okay, so Terra actually becomes. Technically, he becomes Xehanort then. Yes. I'll be John Brown. So there we go. We're getting somewhere. All I right. like this dialogue.
1: All right, yeah, so we're learning a lot.
2: Also <laughs> note that in 2015, that word unchained X that it looks like, Yeah. that's actually unchained key, and that in itself refers to a keyblade called yes. keyblade, but key yes. is spelled
4: X. It yes. is... It is incredibly confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is some stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Because it's supposedly either Roman or something. I forget what language it is, but the symbol, yeah, is, is something for key. I was pronouncing it X until I actually heard it said in the actual dialogues. So like, why do they keep saying keyblade? We already have keyblades. There's a whole bunch of keyblades. <laughs> yeah,
2: that <exactly.
1: Pick> one. <laughs> no, this is the keyblade of the keyblades. Oh. called the keyblade, but oh. not spelled keyblade. You're right, because that's a different... Yeah, that... That font on my screen is different from
4: everywhere else. It's a different language. Mm-hmm. Yes, and apparently this specific special keyblade um, is supposedly supposed to be like a, uh, I guess like a, a key, um, rather a, a, a gatekeeper key or something like that that uh, that can unlock Kingdom Hearts pretty much. Um, but is formed basically by thirteen pieces of darkness. Uh, yeah, thirteen pieces of darkness. Hence, organization thirteen, which is the organization 13's true objective, and seven pieces of light, which would be either the princesses of light or whatever of light. Talk about and a weird you- soup, right? <laughs> 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 Almost. <laughs> um, and I think what, uh, if I remember correctly, at the end um, of. Um, the Keyblade War, which is actually pre birth by sleep, uh, with the four masters and the Master of Masters or whatever, whatnot, there was a Keyblade War, and the X Blade or the Keyblade actually formed, but was pretty much shattered into 20 pieces. That's why we have 13 pieces of darkness and 7 pieces of light, etc., etc.
2: I love how, like, you can't see this, Jamal, but My eye- considering the fact <sighs> that no one else can see this, this was genuine. Rob's eyes just bulged out. <laughs> I'm like, uh. <laughs> i was like, what the heck is this? And that, sir, is why you always hear me say that the plot of this game series is all over the place. I
4: it bet- goes everywhere.
2: And I wager that if someone sat down one day, just because they really like Kingdom Hearts and just wrote a cohesive story... Hmm
1: just taking the elements but writing it in their own format to make it to convey it properly i bet it would be amazing there's a lot of great youtube videos of, of like compilations people have put together trying to explain the story i think there was one leading up from chain of memories to kingdom hearts 2 and i've tried watching that to make sense of the next game or maybe it was after trying to make sense of like um chain of memories or or um 358 yeah it's real it was 358 by 2 oh my god Whatever it yeah. was, a, it, was a very, it was a very complicated equation, and it was, and it was like slowly started to make sense, but they talked a little bit too fast, and I lost track, and I was gone. I was like, yeah, "What it, happened?"
4: It's a rabbit hole for sure. Like uh, I, I can't even. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole time travel portion. I mean, it's not the most difficult concept to understand, but apparently, as they were saying it, um, one of the Zayanord Ze- uh, uh, and the uh, Seeker of Darkness. Um, apparently how time travel works in here is that you can go back in time but you can't use you can't go back in time with your body you can only use um, you can only go with your heart so you would be pretty much formless um, and you can uh, pretty much influence I guess certain aspects of things in the past but they can't have a direct uh, correlation with the future or something like that it's weird how that works so it's really now, but specific oh yeah, yeah and when you come back you have no memory of what you did when you time traveled but <laughs> say like so but the thing is is that what xehanort did is that when he went back to time to talk to his younger self aka young xehanort which we we see later on in kingdom hearts 3 and i think he was also in the uh, dream drop distance uh he pretty much gave him the information of how to time travel so now young xehanort knows how to time travel um, but what you uh, what you give, if any information, anything that you do in the past, you have inf- it 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 sticks as influence on your heart. So you kind of have an intrinsic or kind of like uh, I don't know, like uh, inert uh, or like uh, hidden ability of you know you have to do this or you know where things are going of go because you feel like they're going to go this way. So it's kind of you kind of know what you're doing in the future, but you kind of don't directly know what you're doing in the future.
2: Basically, by virtue of the fact that you go back and communicate with yourself you've put yourself of the past on the timeline to fulfill what happened in the distant present.
4: Wow. Time yeah. travel! Uh, I no. hate it! I don't, <gasps> think that, I don't think that was and a, something that... And apparently, yeah. and apparently he was doing this to actually get reincarnations of himself or uh, or uh, different bodies of himself because, you know, the whole Xehanort deal is to have a piece of himself in 13 different vessels. But what I don't understand is the whole incarnation portions of going through time in these individual these individual uh people like i like they say 13 different versions of himself how does that work exactly so that part was kind of like a little bit confusing he to was me. trying
2: to reenact
1: his own snow white fairy tale there <laughs> snow white the 13 xanords like it just you know, 13 makes Zanors, Zanors, that's funny like <laughs> it was confusing enough but they have to in, in, introduce time travel into this whole thing but like not just any kind of like Time travel, like back to the future situation, they had to do like a
4: whole like, oh, we have our own specific special way of time travel. Oh, because yeah. like we yeah. got the these heartless Heart and these
2: nobodies, though. We got to work that in somehow. And then, if <laughs> I remember correctly, birth no, sorry, birth see, um, dream drop is introduced a whole nother kind of character, like the the, 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 the yeah. dream eaters. It's like, yeah, this is. Just, like, and Birth by Sleep had the Unversed. The Unversed! That's the one! And they the weird, like, zippity-zoop-zop attacks that they
1: had. It's it's just all over the bloody These place. names are amazing to me. I love them all.
2: And that's why, it, like, when we so... were talking earlier, Rob asked. I'm going to state this just verbally. Rob goes, Pernell, are you familiar with the Kingdom Hearts story for the purpose of the show? And I'm like, I know about as much of it as anybody else, which is to say, no, I don't. So that in <laughs> itself is going to be a fun dialogue, oh, just man. trying to discuss how
1: bonkers this is it is bonkers it is i will
4: say i will say that me actually talking about it's like huh i didn't i actually understand a lot more than i thought about this freaking thing (laughs) 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 i
1: I am legit impressed
2: um it's also probably why i kind of chuckle when it's like yeah a lot of folks up there was like i played kingdom hearts one and i played kingdom hearts two and i can't wait for kingdom hearts three it's like oh you mean to tell me you didn't play anything else nope
1: you're gonna have fun. That's where, <laughs> that's where I'm coming. That's where I'm coming from. And I'm like, oh, I had, I had such good memories of playing Kingdom Hearts two 14 years ago. <laughs> I like wonder what like they're even, gonna do with it now.
4: Even with my research of, of, you know, just getting caught up before Kingdom Hearts 3, um, since I didn't, I like I said, I didn't play every single thing, but I did do some pre-research just so I get, you know, accustomed to where the story was going with some of the in-between games. Even then, there are still things that they sort of kind of talk about in Kingdom Hearts 3, like Digital Soar or something like that, or the digital something. Th- or that something was in like Recoded. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I, I did not play it. So I, I was like, okay, yeah, what what Digital sore thing are we talking about now? But like... The other aspects, like with the tomes and stuff like that, and the four guardians, and the the the, 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 the dandelions before the Kingdom Hearts War, and stuff like that. It's there like, were oh, dandelions! What? Okay. <laughs> Time-traveling dandelions.
2: dandelions. Were they flowers? Were they actual lines that just happened to be well-dressed? I don't know! <laughs> what is
1: this?
4: Uh... uh. If I understand correctly, the dandelions were the uh, uni- uh, pretty much all Keyblade wielders uh, under the four masters. Who dressed uh, very or well. Fi- or five masters, I, f- I forget, I, c- I can't remember. But um, pretty much the Keyblade War happened and there's your dandelions. The Keyblade Graveyard. <laughs> oh, the oh. Keyblade Graveyard was from the Key... Uh, all, the
2: de- all the dead the Keyblade key War. the first Keyblade
4: War because Master Xehanort is trying to invoke another Keyblade War so he can uh, cre- recreate the ex- uh, the Keyblade to release Kingdom Hearts so he can because apparently Kingdom Hearts is you know the source of all hearts and all and the hearts of all worlds so you know you control that yeah. you probably, so you Rob when this the episode world. is
2: over and you go outside just look up in the sky and like <laughs> look for the look for the heart moon
1: <laughs> well, does this mean that Mickey Mouse controls all of the hearts
4: Oh
2: no no! Mickey Mouse is just like he's the Yoda of the franchise.
4: Okay. Yeah, he's he's a he's a student of the Keyblade too. Uh, Yensid, aka the the, the uh, wizard from Fantasia, or whatever. When that was, is actually his master. Ah, uh,
1: because I remember thinking like, oh yeah, he's like the king of Kingdom Hearts or whatever. No, I
2: just gotta state he's, this he's just the in general.
4: Team.
2: Kingdom, uh, if, if Kingdom Hearts did one thing unexpectedly right, is they took Mickey Mouse and made him into like a beast. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Like he
2: just shows like, oh,
4: hi, guys. He's just up. like working around smacking
2: guys. Like, this don't give up, Sora. <laughs> yeah, this, we just have a pigeon for getting guests that do very good Mickey Mouse emotions. Yeah, totally. That
4: last episode was hilarious,
2: especially
1: when said,
4: don't that- give up or you're fired.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, well, I'll tell you what. we got, we got to move this along. I'm going to turn all of our tracks down, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round.
2: <gasps> bonus round, <Yay>. guys. <laughs>
1: All right, so the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements and just other um, crazy versions of tracks that we can find, and um, this week we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, So, Jamal, um, did you bring something to the
4: bonus round battle? Uh, Yes, I did. It's actually from um, a project that I actually worked on in the course of last year called Project Kingdom 13. It's Mm. called Weight of the Other Promise, which is based off of the Roxas theme of The Other Promise. Awesome, let's listen.
1: Weight of the Other Promise. Yes. Overdrive Battle Mix by Jamal Ephraim. Key J. No, no, no. What that actually was was <laughs> some serious talent. That was serious stuff right there, man. Thank you. <laughs> by Key J. <Jay>. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for sharing that with us. That was something else. Again, it's it I th- If you follows that whole Kingdom Hearts theme of, you know, these different movements, like going one, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, building into like this big crescendo. I love that. I love that that crescendo at the end where it just breaks, and then that horn brings it right back in. It's like... Very cool. Very, very cool. I want to fight Kingdom Hearts 3 (laughs) DLC bonus bosses to this theme. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, um, what what were some of the inspirations on this track?
4: Um, Well, you know, her original take was actually a lot more recluse. Like, it it was more laid back and everything like that. Like, Mm. you fight... Uh, this the uh, the actual battle theme actually comes in Kingdom Hearts Two, where you uh, you you face pretty much a data version of Roxas, and it's very it's very laid back. It's a lot more classical. It's a lot more slower. It's a lot more swelling. But um. You know, I I kind of wanted to take a, a different approach. So, okay, we have the slower version. Let's let's do uh, like an up tempo. Like, say like I don't know what where Roxas is actually going to come in Kingdom Hearts three, but like let's say like a uh, oh my gosh, he's back and he uh, he's got his he's got a keyblade. He's he's ready for battle. He's like let's go. And, like you know, it's like Roxas is back. Ah! <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, I don't know. Like um, I, I I I um. There was some, uh, there was some. Uh, f- I-, I guess you could say some Final Fantasy uh, thirteen influences also yeah, that I actually okay. wanted to try yeah. as well. Yeah, I like, uh, heard that
1: it- with the percussion going on. I like that.
4: Um, I guess that was. I guess those were the the, the big portions that I actually got into it. Like, um, I, I just kind of just went to town with it. Like, I went. There were a couple of progressions I wanted to try. Some inspirational pro- um uh, progressions that I've heard in other in other works. Um. There's, uh interestingly enough there is a little bit of final fantasy 13 and the progressive movements in uh, one of the songs mm. uh also fantasy star online a little bit too and some of the progressive work is like yeah i want to try I mean, let me work this in but um i also want to play with the theme in different ways um that i'm not accustomed to hearing and, and what's expected of a theme like this mm. you, you, you know because you know what you you know what to expect something slower something more reorchestrated in the classical style not much more upbeat
2: well, I can say yeah. that you honestly not only went to town with this, but you also managed to come back with a twelve pack of strawberry guava diet coke for everybody <laughs> in the room. Because I, I said, like, I not heard this prior to this episode. Rob and I came in on this blind,
1: yeah, and we're just sitting here, right. just like
2: moving to it, like literally moving to it. There was no still sit foot tapping going on.
1: Yeah, I I, I love how like you're like, well, yeah, it's a very you know, it's a slower kind of brooding track in the, in the game. And you wanted to make it sound like, okay, what if he came back? What if it was like a big, more of a, more of an, int- not an introduction, but more of um like a, here he is, like kind of, um, like a huge, uh, like a huge reveal. Like he's yeah, like, oh, reveal. Snap. Yeah,
2: reveal. Rogers is back. Yo, That's what gonna it is. Be yeah. wondering if he could come back because didn't he like reform with Sora or something, which is why Sora was able to wake up?
4: This is true. And there is a plot point Um, I will, uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3 regarding that, and but I will not spoil it for you because that oh, would definitely be spoiler. Okay. okay. That's something we'll have to keep in mind then. So also note, I don't also, know if there's, a, I don't know if there's a payoff from that uh, that plot point. Yeah, I'm not that far into the game just yet, but uh, I guess we'll see.
2: Also, I will say for those who haven't played Kingdom Hearts two yet and might find themselves going, I want to play Kingdom Hearts now. Definitely play the one on two point five because if I remember correct, or maybe it's on two or oh, one point five. I don't know there there anyway. Whichever one is on one of the .5 versions, because in that one you actually get to fight the Roxas version. Whereas in the original game, it was just an FMV scene oh, or okay. a cinematic. You actually had to
1: go through it, yeah.
4: Yeah, because I I think in the final mix version of of Kingdom Hearts two, that's where they put they they made Roxas a mandatory fight, and I think um, in the original re, re, original cut, you actually had to find him or something like that. I don't remember how it worked. Mm. No, in the original, it was
2: just you were in that the world. I guess it was called like the world nobody knows or something like that. But you're walking uh, the, through there. The,
4: the, yeah, the world that never was. World uh, that never yeah, was. There we okay. go.
2: You once you go there, you just happen to come across that scenario. But instead of actually controlling sword, having a fight, oh, it's it was just like a quick movie time.
1: It was a quick tail. It was just a
2: movie you watched oh. where they just had a quick little skirmish, and it was like, hey, I'm in the old time or, something, or something. something.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so moving along, Pernell, what did you find? You found something interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm almost cheating, but I don't care. No, no, this is not. This is not a cheat. This is this is some. This is something cool.
2: So this is a remix from another game. Uh, uh, this is a remix of a track from another game, but that track's remix exists in Kingdom Hearts, so I'm using it. <laughs> so this is from Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, and the track title is called "Someday Kingdom Mix," which is a remix in and of itself from the game The World That Sorry The World Is With You, and is composed by Takeharu Ishimoto with vocals by I believe someone named Stephanie.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find the the vocalist on the track. But the uh, Dream Drop Distance was composed by Takaharu Ishimoto, who also composed for The World Ends with You. So for Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, he remixed a, f- a few tracks from The World Ends with You, mm-hmm. um, and the OST is called "It's a Wonderful Wor- It's a Wonderful World." <laughs> yeah, that's the Japanese title of the game, right? Which is Tsubarishiki uh, Kono Sekai." So I had no idea. I like I like the American. Uh, title. Actually. Yeah, it, it honestly works very well, yeah. and if you play through the whole game and get to the end like the title,
2: oddly enough actually makes sense for the game so you're like, oh, that's why they chose that name oh. it all makes sense, and I honestly, to this day, as weird as it may sound I still use that statement the title, because I know what it means in reference to like, just describing life, like talking about life in certain mm-hmm. situations, like the world and the world begins
1: out there, but it ends with it you. It ends with you, I like that So this is someday, and I like that it's the Kingdom mix because Mm -hmm. it's from Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Takaharu Ishimoto.
2: is what is right so that was beautiful right isn't it though so so for those who haven't heard the original version that's in kingdom hearts the lyrics i believe are more or less the same Mm -hmm. but the tempo and sound are completely different and i ended up really loving this track like it i did not expect to like it as much as i do
1: that to me like when i hear that like that's a pernell track it's got that kind of kind of
4: grungy soul to it, you know? But- I love the sliding guitars yeah. <laughs> at the end. Like very haunting like heavy reverb and everything oh. like that. And he did it so clean. It was so clean. Would you say it was simple and clean? <laughs> <laughs> Had to do
2: it. Very- Had to do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it, and also I'm a sucker for when songs have that thing where they'll have like someone singing and in the background someone will just start talking.
1: Yeah, I was I wasn't expecting the spoken word in in that section. I was like, oh wow, like, it's only that little bit at the end. Like imagine like a
2: song about like you know someone singing about like the various like restaurants <laughs> they have to go to. It's like I went to the restaurant, man. I was really hungry, but I bought that sandwich. <laughs> took my last five dollars, but let me tell you,
4: it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, the guitar player on the on, meanwhile the guitar player on the left hand side is like shredding.
2: <laughs> 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 it went
4: I got bagels on discount. Bagels on discount. <laughs> I bought those bagels. They were delicious. Bagels, got cream delicious.
2: cheese spread on top. Little bit of strawberry jam,
4: jam, jam and peanut
3: butter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that you're just going with it. Like you're like doing the singing and Penelzo doing the spoken part. <laughs> <This>
3: so <sounds> good.
1: <laughs> That's too good.
3: Oh my god.
1: All right, so we're talking about simple and clean. I had. I couldn't let the show go by without a um, a remix of simple and clean. This is from the artist Mono Memory, and it is hey. a, a very um, ethereal, very uh, um, cut back and, and simplified, a stripped down version of Simple and Clean. It's just called the Synth Remix, which does not do this track any justice. So, Simple and Clean, composed or remixed by Mono Memory, uh, composed by Utada Hikaru. A simple and clean cover from mono memory that was ridiculously good yeah and so st- wow i know well we you started doing the, the spoken word <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah like um there's a lot of remixes of that song i mean that that thing is just again like it gives it makes me feel things every time i hear that song it's, I know what me, my fe- it's what got me interested in Kingdom Hearts in the first place. So hearing it stripped back like that and like kind of like turned
4: dark towards the end is one of my favorite things. I know I can't hear the full feet in my my ears yet into um j- uh, just yet, but like it feels like the, those those scents are super big. And then like yeah. when the when the the snare finally hits in the middle of the chorus, it sounds like yo, that thing is just gonna shake your body. Like, yeah. It's just gonna just
1: yeah. It's a really interesting mix. I really hoped that it's, it's, not like, um, they didn't like create a whole lot of space for the drum. So it doesn't sound super modern. It has that kind of like kind of grungy kind of older sound to it. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I was, I was floored by yeah. this thing. I like it. Like, I
2: almost feel like the remixes of this track end up resonating with me more than the original did. Not <laughs> yeah. to say the
1: original was bad; quite no, the contrary. No. Well, but like the that, remixes that, do it. The song that caught me was 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 the remix of the original song that was like played in the commercials and stuff. It was like that kind of cool techno, like kind of nineties sounding. Yeah. yeah, that cool like. Thing. Yeah. I'm actually
2: curious when I eventually start <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three, which may well be tonight, but um, how
4: the Skrillex version apparently turned out. Completely. Oh. I was gonna ask you um, about that. How did you feel about uh, um, what you call it? Uh, What's it called? What's it? Uh, uh crab, it escapes
1: me right now. Um, but like this, the Skrillex uh, and slash Huttada thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
4: don't think twice. And the other one is uh, crap. I can't think of the Skrillex one right now. I'm looking. I'm at, assuming uh, it's the new intro face my, track. Face isn't my fears. It?
1: Yeah, face my fears. There you go. I think they sound great. I think it's. I think um, Skrillex, who I, his, his real name is escaping me, is actually an amazing songwriter. Um, and of course, he gets kind of thrown into like the the pigeonhole of like, uh, oh, he makes like sunny, whole, sunny, sunny. Yeah, he makes a whole bunch of, like bro step like heavy stuff. But like he's he he knows melody. He knows how to write music. And um, I think that you know coming coming into this as to just do, he, I think he was brought on just to do remixes for for the game. And well, then, apparently
4: he w- he was a big Kingdom Hearts fan from yeah. the
1: jump. Yeah, like he w- I was reading an interview with him where he was like he was performing at some uh, festival like with his old band, and he came off to the backstage, and some woman came up and intro- introduced herself as Utada Hikari, and was like, "Hey, we want to bring you on to do this certain thing," and he like lost it. Like, <laughs> he was like, "Oh my god!" But fun fact, by the way, his actual name is Lexington Skrull. Lexington Skrull. <laughs>
2: yeah, he did a little bit of work there. He said he come up with this cool name, Skrillex. No one's ever going to know. He-
1: oh man so I'm gonna actually I actually haven't really listened to the full thing yet um, I was kind of saving it for when I get into Kingdom Hearts 3 but Pernell knows I don't you got a long line of Tetris attack battle yeah get I don't exactly <laughs> just affect play video games when they come out but for more information on the bonus round part of our show go to rhythm and com, and we'll have links to band camps and YouTube pages and, and everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists Thank you for joining us on episode 17-3 of Rhythm and Pixels, our second look at Kingdom Hearts. I gotta say, I this, our, this, is the, this is the look we wanted to take. This, this, our, this was great. 2.7th look at Kingdom Hearts.
4: <laughs> Two, final mix!
1: <laughs> final mix. Um, doing it with uh, Jamal Ephraim from Key J. Should I say from Key J or you are Key J? I am Key J. You are Key J. <laughs> no, no, he's Key J KJ <laughs> Key J, he ain't nobody.
2: Oh, so we gotta find my nobody. <laughs> we gotta find your nobody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: His name is Jay Key. But thanks, thanks for spending the time and hanging out with us. So this has been a bit of a longer episode, but um, we needed that information from you <laughs> regarding the story of Kingdom Hearts.
4: Uh, not a problem. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I definitely will do it again. Yeah. So um, yeah, come.
1: Like we're like, okay, oh, we're gonna have you know KJ on the show. It's like oh, we gotta do Kingdom Hearts, and it's gonna be like a real like. Look into all of the music A deep There's a dive dive of a...
2: confusion and yeah. fun Yeah I think we got to represent <laughs>
1: almost all of the games on the show Pretty much yeah.
2: All the games I want to talk about <laughs> Like let's talk more about 358 over 2 Let's not <laughs> <laughs> well, before... but like, mm. I wanted to ask real quick yeah, yeah, sure, I was sure. thinking about it. I keep forgetting So in the off chance I'm like I get home and it's because I'm like 11 o'clock or something How long does it take when you boot up Kingdom Hearts 3 to actually get your first, like, gameplay,
4: actual, actual gameplay? Would you say it's like 30 minutes to an hour? Uh, Nah, um, like, the first time you get to actually start swinging a keyblade, you mean? Yeah. Uh, not long, actually, because, you know, you got, you still got, you know, the traditional tutorial portion where you have to you're inside the whole shadowy place or whatever whatnot and you're choosing your sword and your wand or your, your pretty much your power stats and you pretty much face a heartless there. The, you remember the giant one from Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah. yeah mm, he's back. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, okay. So oh, cool. I,
1: can, I can get a feel for it early on if I play a little tonight before I go to bed. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like you're going to turn it on and like sit through like 20 minutes of cut scenes. I'm like, all right, I'm going yeah, it to bed. says like, <laughs> so
2: do you remember Kingdom Hearts 2? You forgot. Well, I'll explain the whole game right now. <laughs>
1: oh, no. <laughs> all right. So um, for our listeners, can you uh, maybe uh, give a little... A quick overview of KJ, where they can find uh, your music and some of me some new projects that you've got in the works.
4: Uh, sure. Uh, so you can find me uh, at uh, keyjonline.com And specifically the what you heard today, the, the Kingdom Hearts-based track is from a project that I worked on called Project Kingdom 13, which you can find at P-K-X-I-I-I, X-I-I like 13, dot com. And you can find the music video that we did for an original track that was also on the show called Should I Stay?, Very uh, very epic music video A couple of other ones That we did With like uh, Some other themes In Kingdom Hearts Um, As far as what I have Coming up I have a couple uh, uh, One of the artists That was actually On the Should I Stay track uh, Out of Pockets We're actually doing Another project uh, Really soon actually So look out for that And uh, uh, and of course On all social media You can find me Pretty much on Any handle Like KeyJHD So Twitter KeyJHD Instagram KeyJHD Uh Best Buy KeyJHD Whatever you, you can find me Some of it here. <laughs> oh, And then KeyJ key It's a K-E-Y As in Yes yeah, the Yes That's K-E-Y-J-A-Y
1: Not key. Greek symbol Yeah exactly No <laughs> <laughs> Well Which
4: if you now, like hmm, I gotta take that, uh, that I gotta actually Lock down that domain Forms <laughs> the
2: KeyJ
1: <laughs> someone's someone's going to grab it. Well, if, um, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, uh, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing from all of our episodes, access to all of our episodes, and links to all of the other stuff that we're doing, go to the website.
2: Rhythmandpixels.com,
1: <laughs> You can uh, You can um, say hello to us on all social media. It's uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, all those places. It's uh, Rhythmandpixels, all one word. Usually, if you put it in, you'll you'll, you'll find us. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is just you know tell your friends. you know Say, hey, you know, I, like, I like video game music. It's not it's not that nerdy of a thing. And here's a podcast.
2: Give it a chance. These guys drink coffee and tea on the show.
1: It's a cool it's thing. Classy. We like you. Why don't you like us? Anyway, um, if you want to support <laughs> us in other ways, go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Um, there you get access to a um, every month. You get access to a live stream of the show where we record the show in front of you for some crazy reason that we enjoy it Um, once a month and you get access to that and we'd like to thank you at the end of every episode we'd like to thank That Nick Walker which I'm going to use from now on Um, (laughs) Alex The Messenger Messenger Uh, Steve Miller The Autistic Gamer Cameron Worma Christopher Shenstrom Damian Beckles Wicked Sephiroth Hey I see you there Okay Impala Impala. Uh, Kung Fu Carlito Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast um, I want to thank Henrik Anderson of the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, which we'll be a part of on his next episode. It might be uh, next going, month. It's going to be a joyful time. Um, I want to thank Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Marie, and I want to thank Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, John Jekyll, Jingle Harmerschmidt, Schmidt, Joe Vasallo, Chris Steerson, and David Smith. <laughs> Had to make sure you got it right. And huh? every time I go to say his name, I think I'm going to get it wrong. Thank you all so so much for your continued support of the show. It means so much to us. It, it keeps it going. Keeps us going.
2: And honestly, not only does not only that, but it's also cool just when you guys end up popping in on that live episode. Oh, the,
1: that's probably why we do it. Oh, it's the like, live episodes are great because you come in and crack jokes and we talk about stuff. And we just and, have fun. Uh, it's and it, so much fun. And just
2: people are like, hey,
1: what are you eating right there? Funny you should ask. Herds, so, potato chips. So if you're listening to this. Mexican jalapeno uh, <laughs> and the Mims. Yeah, we're constantly eating. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode now, that means that that live stream will be recorded this Thursday. And you can look forward to hearing that the following Monday.
2: Drop some tracks on us. Let us know what you want to hear. And also, of course, if you got a cool little testimonial to go with it, mm-hmm. you can drop that bad boy yeah, on us yeah, too.
1: Because they're actually fun to read. On yeah, we love, we love reading your words. Um, and again, check out YouTube.com um, slash Rhythm Man Pixels. We are, I think it's how you do it, I don't know. Um, our, we have our video game live stream there and we have uh, mixtapes of all of our episodes going on. And I'll just give a quick shout out. I'm doing a, um, a compilation YouTube page of our, uh, some, some Synthwave stuff that I've really been into. So if you want to hear some cool Synthwave music set to um, Star Trek The Next Generation backdrops and weird uh, you know, video effects that I'm playing with, go to hyperspace rest stop and um, you'll see uh, Quark the Ferengi and you click on his <laughs> face and you'll listen to some cool music. So check that out too. Um, that's everything. I want to thank uh, Jamal Ephraim Kijay one more time for coming on the show. Thanks. You're very welcome and thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on, man. Believe me when I say you're always welcome yeah. back. This has been
2: a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, if you've got something else coming on, uh, if you've got some other project coming up or something you want to promote, yeah, just come up. Just, just send us an email and we can have you
4: right back on. Oh yeah, for sure. Cool. For sure. All right. I gotta ch- I gotta change your mind about that Mickey Mania thing. For, just best believe that.
1: <laughs> He's gonna come back. Goes, I made a
2: remix of, <laughs> of the Mickey Mania jam, but it's in the K J
4: Genesis style, <laughs> using the Genesis original chi- um, uh, uh, chipset with <laughs> we <laughs> might have like with a, sauce. With <laughs> sauce. a sauce, sauce on it. That
1: might be like a this like a Nintendo battle episode. That in <laughs> itself could be an yeah. interesting topic in and of itself. That might or- be a fun one. All right, well, um, this has been Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernod. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and have a safe week. And remember, simply, this is the
2: simplest one I've done yet. Mm. Lying sucks. There's no reason to lie. Be truthful in all your pursuits and endeavors. Don't be a liar. What do you really get out of it? Nothing. And if you think you get something out of it, it's probably something selfish. So don't be selfish, and don't be a liar. Be truthful to yourself truthful to your family and your friends and if you make a mistake own up to it because at the end of the day it's only going to make you a better person in the end anyway Mm. so also drink tea because that stuff's delicious